Happy Buckets and welcome to another episode of Loser's Ball. I'm Elon Shields and I'm alongside my good friend and co-host Ben Bremen. How you doing, Ben? We're doing great today. NBA season around two weeks in. It's looking, looking very interesting right now, I can tell you that. Ah, for sure, for sure. But before we start, I just want to uh, remind everyone that if you're not following us on Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok, then go drop a follow at Losers Ball Pod for content about NBA action, our episodes, and more fun NBA content. So, Ben, as you said before, the NBA has been great so far. Two great weeks of action. And just along these past few days, uh, Curry the other night dropped 62 points and reminded everyone that he's still the greatest point guard in the NBA currently and that he's the best shooter of all time. John Wall played his first NBA game since 2018. Becky Hammond was the first woman in NBA history to serve as an active head coach in a regular season game. So there's been a lot of fun stuff going on so far. And I want to know, Ben, which team surprised you the most so far? Well, I mean, going into the season, you know, we, we spoke about who we thought would be, uh, you know, would be very strong or very weak this year. And the biggest surprises in a positive way for me have been the Phoenix Suns. I mean, going to the season when they traded for Chris Paul, we knew that this was going to be a move that, you know, would take them the next step that would help Devin Booker, help DeAndre Ayton, and make the Phoenix Suns to be a very good team, especially in the Western Conference. You know, they have that veteran presence by Chris Paul. And, you know, as we've seen right now, that's helped uh, Phoenix out along the way. When we made our predictions, I think what we had Phoenix around like the fifth seed, sixth seed, you know, making the playoffs, they don't have to worry about the qualifying tournament. But right now, as you know, at the time of this recording, they're sitting at five and two, second in the Western Conference. They just lost to, you know, the first place Clippers yesterday. But I mean, they've been playing and they've been playing really well. They have had nice wins against the Nuggets, Jazz, and Pelicans, forming together really well, and I think they've been a very pleasant surprise so far this year. Uh, absolutely. I have to agree with you 100%. They have been exceeding all of my expectations. Chris Paul has done tremendous wonders for that team, and for the first time in what seems to be all of Devin Booker's career, there seems to be some real direction and real stability for that organization. Hopefully, he won't have to go through another seven head coaches before they find the right one. Monty <laughs> Williams seems to be a good fit for them. The, ever since that bubble run where they went 8-0, they seem to really be having a, a clear sense of direction. I've been blown away by them as well. For me, though, the surprise team of the season was the Atlanta Hawks, another young team, currently 4-2 and two as we record this. And they've had a really notable win against the Brooklyn Nets with, with a healthy Brooklyn Nets with both KD and Kyrie. The roster's deep. They've had a few injuries and a few minor setbacks. Galinari is just out for two weeks, but he'll be back soon. Onyeka Okongwu, the rookie, is, is injured, but he's also, I think, playing in the three-on-three games in the practices, and he should be back also within the next few weeks. And once he gets back, they'll have a more front-court depth. They've got currently seven guys averaging 10-plus points, and they have a really, really full roster. I've been really impressed with what they've done, especially with no true superstar. Trey Young's looked phenomenal. He's taken another step forward in his third year. He's averaging nearly 30 points and eight assists. I've been really blown away with the team. They've been great offensively. They've been very good on defense as well. And their, their roster seems to make a lot of sense. they got a nice balance of veterans and young players. I'm really excited for this team. I think they're legit. I was expecting them to be around the eighth seed, you know, we're fighting for that playing tournament. But I think they'll be one of those top five seeds really guaranteed yeah. to be in the playoffs this year. I mean, you know, the season's only two weeks in, but... I think, you know, they are still you know, exceeding expectations. The offseason moves have helped them tremendously, you know, adding uh, Bogdanovich, adding Rajon Rondo, Daniel Gallinari. The young players now have veterans to look up to, and that's really forming really well for them, you know, going forward. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that although it is early in the season, they've only played six games. I think that they are a legit team. And I, I think that this great start is one to stay. Unlike the Hawks, I think that one team that has surprised me so far and I think won't they won't sustain this is the Cleveland Cavaliers. So far, they've been great. Uh, they Colin Sexton and Darius Garland have been a fantastic backcourt. Isaac Okoro, the rookie, has provided some great defense. Drummond's interior defense has been great. Love, before he got injured, was playing well. Larry Nance was playing well. Uh, you know, they've really been putting it all out there. They're a fun team to watch, and I've been really, really enjoying watching them. I do think they're going to fall, but they did have some promising wins against the 76ers and also the Atlanta Hawks. I think that they're a fun team. I don't think it'll last. I think that they are a little too young for it to sustain the success. But I think it's one of those teams that they had a long break between when the regular season got postponed last year due to COVID to when they're starting now. They've got fresh legs. They're eager. They're ready to go. And I really think that although they may not sustain the success, they'll definitely be an NBA League Pass team one you always want to watch, watch and tune into. I've been very impressed with them so far. So why uh, you're not hopping onto the Sexland uh, bandwagon just yet? <laughs> <laughs> I'm more on to the Trey Young bandwagon than the Sexland bandwagon. <laughs> I think that although they're fantastic, I have Colin Sexton on my fantasy team. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to sustain itself. I think that in the future, this is a team to watch out for. This is a team that going into the season, I thought had a very, very bleak future with not so many promising stars to build around. But since the season started, Sexton and Garland have shown themselves that they can be true cornerstones. They've got some trade mm-hmm. pieces. They can trade Kevin Love to a contender. They can trade... Andre Drummond's expiring contract to a contender. I think that they have moves to make and they're a fun team to watch going forward. You know, the future in Cleveland you know, has looked very bright. Uh, yeah, when LeBron left both times, the Cavs have just been an absolute train wreck. Always being a lottery team year in, year out. But right now, it looks like the future future is looking very bright for Cleveland. We're looking forward to seeing what they can do in the next few years. Absolutely. I want to know, do you have any other teams that have initially taken you by surprise so far and impressed you? Yes. All, all bias aside, I think the New Orleans Pelicans are really you know, surprising me. You know, my predictions for this year with the Pelicans, I wasn't sure if they're going to mesh right away. I wasn't sure if they were going to be you know, like a 7-8 seed or 9-10, you know, but I was assuming that, that they were going to have to play in the uh, NBA playing tournament. But right now, as as uh, as we speak, as the time of this recording, they're looking very good. They just swept the Raptors for this year's playoff series, something that they haven't done in a while. Sorry, in the, this year's regular season, Ingram is looking phenomenal. He, you know, ever since he signed the contract, signed his extension, he's just been balling out. And the offseason moves for New Orleans have been really been paying off. Steven Adams has been an amazing presence in the paint. Uh, Eric Bledsoe has been playing well. You know, and we're seeing all the young guys develop, like Lonzo and Zion. They can keep this core together, maintain, you know, adding additional pieces. And this team could be a very, very strong team for, for the next few years. And, you know, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that, they could, uh, that they could really keep it up. Yeah, absolutely. Going into the season, I also was a little skeptical about the roster. There's a little, seemed to not make so much sense. There seemed to be a weird mix of non-shooters, people who can't stretch the floor with players like Zion Williamson who needs to attack the paint, but they've really seemed to mesh well together so far. Steven Adams, as you said, has provided great, great protection in the, in the paint, some great interior scoring. And Ingram, as you said, he's taken another step forward. A lot of t- often we see when players sign these massive contracts, they'll take a little step back where they want to, you know, improve as much as we expected them to. But Ingram has shown some tremendous improvement. And also, I think bringing in Stan Van Gundy, you know, bringing a new head coach. Maybe that's what they need. It just wasn't working out with Alvin Gentry. 
a fresh voice is always is always good to uh to to start so yeah, absolutely. Stan Van Gundy is a defensive-minded coach. He's got some good defenders on the, on the roster. Lonzo's a good defender. Eric Bledsoe's a great defender. Steven Adams can uh, defend the paint well. And they've got some real good pieces that fit the style of play he wants. They're running the floor. They're constantly running fast breaks off uh, defensive rebounds. And I'm, I'm really excited for what they're doing. I think that this new change of pace, this new newly formed roster, makes a lot of sense. Is it legit? Is it going to hold up? I don't know. But they'll definitely be playing for that one of those playing tournaments at the very least. I mean, for the small sample size that we've seen, it's looking very well. Oh, absolutely. We've spoken about teams that have pleasantly surprised us, but what about the teams have uh, that have disappointed you? Which teams would you like to have seen more from that just haven't really brought their A game to the first few weeks of the season? Um, you know, it shouldn't really surprise anyone for these two teams on a battle of soft, but I think it has to go to the biggest disappointment so far has to be the Toronto Raptors and the Washington Wizards. And the Raptors situation, they lost Marcus All, they lost Serge Ibaka in the offseason. But I don't think people were they weren't too uh, they weren't too worried because you know they thought that their younger guys were about to take you know the step forward. OJ Ananobi signing an extension, extension to Fred Van Vliet, signing Siakam last year to an extension. But so far they just haven't made the they haven't made the leap yet. It's it's uh, we're watching Raptors basketball that we haven't seen in years. You know, last time they started one and four, I believe it was back in the 2012-2013 season, which you know seems like an eternity ago uh, for Raptors fans. But that was the last time that they were one and four. Is it time to press the panic button just yet for the Raptors? I don't think so. I think you know you have to give it a bit more time adjusting. You know, playing in Tampa without really any fans, maybe that's affecting their play. But so far, the Raptors they they need they need a boost of confidence. And for the Wizards too, you know, when they when they moved John Wall for uh, Russell Westbrook, I think a lot of people had it, you know a lot of hype for for that move. You know, getting Westbrook, he's a more healthy player than than Wall, as you mentioned. John Wall is only playing his first NBA game since 2018 now, so people were thinking that Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook will be a nice will be a nice duo. But right now, I believe what are they one and five, two and five right now? They just squeaked they squeaked by Brooklyn yesterday, be it late in the game. Right now, they're just not looking too good. They're losing to scrub teams like the like the Bulls, and they've blown a couple of a uh, couple of games to the Magic too. And outside, as I was saying, Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook, I don't know if they have enough supporting cast uh, around them. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the Raptors—they've been a, such a model of success for the past f- seven, eight years that it seems that for them to start off one and four is a disaster of a season already. I do think that they could bounce back, but it seems that the loss of Serge Ibaka and Marc Gasol is a way bigger loss than people were anticipating. Those two guys really brought some stability in the front court. They brought a mix of offense, a mix of defense, leadership, and it seems that although Aaron Baines is a service, serviceable player and Chris Boucher has taken a, a nice leap forward, I still think that they're really missing out those cogs in the middle with Serge Ibaka and Gasol. The move to Tampa definitely might be an adjustment to them. Will they bounce back or will they end up trying to lean into some sort of rebuild or not? Maybe they pull a trigger on the rumored James Harden trade. Who knows? And as, as for the Wizards, I was really high on them going into the season. I had them in the top six guaranteed to make the playoffs. And they've really just disappointed so far. My prediction right now, it's a 
maybe not a hot take, but I think that Scott Brooks will be fired before the season ends. I think that he was hired by the past front office in Washington by Ernie Grunfeld. Since then, he's, there's been a new front office in charge, the one that hasn't hired Scott Brooks. They might want a new direction. They've already shown that they're willing to take a new direction by trading John Wall, a you know a centerpiece of that franchise for so long. They might just go and fire Scott Brooks. I can really see that happening before the season ends, maybe sooner rather than later. That's my uh, bold, bold prediction. Do you think it's time? Do you think, you know, if this season doesn't work out, do you think the Washington Wizards blow it up? I very much think so. I think that we might be seeing that Bradley Beal may not be uh, as much of a alpha dog as a leader that we think he might might have been at, at once. I think that Bradley Beal could be also traded. The front office has traded John Wall. This new front office can come and also trade Bradley Beal. He hasn't worked with John Wall. He hasn't worked with Russell Westbrook. They are similar players, but I can very much see them leaning into a more of a youth movement. They've got Rui Hachimura, who's a great sophomore. They've got Denny Avdia, who's a promising rookie. I think that it can really lean into rebuilding mode, especially that there's so many contending teams right now. It just seems to get a title in this in the current NBA is a bloodbath with so many teams competing both in the East and the West. I can easily see them leaning into a rebuild, finding a coach that fits that, finding some players that fit that, going for a top pick in the draft. It's expected to be a good draft this year. I wouldn't be shocked if they start rebuilding, even by the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. One team for me, though, uh, that's been quite a disappointment also is the Denver Nuggets. They're so far 2-4, and four, and they really seem to be a team that's really missing Jeremy Grant. I, I didn't think that the Nuggets would miss Jeremy Grant too much. I didn't think he was that important, but he's now averaging 25 points a game in Detroit. They're using him like he's the number one option, and, and the Nuggets just haven't gone off to a hot start that everyone was expecting them to. They finished third in the, in the West last year. They made it to the conference finals, and... You know, they're now 11th in the West. Again, it's only two weeks in the season. But Jamal Murray has definitely taken a step back from his strong bubble. Statistically, he's averaging less in basically everything compared to the bubble. And, you know, Jokic, he's actually leading the league in assists. Uh, he's also averaging a triple-double. Mm-hmm. And he would easily be a favorite for, for MVP or one of the, maybe not a favorite, but a someone who's competing for that award. And with the Nuggets playing like they are right now, I, I really can't see that happening. They also, their shooting guard seems to be a little like a bit of a mess. Gary Harris has been extremely underwhelming. He's supposed to be a 3 and D kind of player that can, you know, alleviate some of the stress from Jamal Murray and Jokic. That they, those two guys can pass it to him when they're drawing some doubles or some getting a lot of attention on offense. He's supposed to be that guy they can throw it off to out of a double team to hit a quick three. And on the season, he's averaging 12.5% from three. So that's got to be better. He's got to be better. It seems to me that they have a lot of stuff to still figure out. And I really, really think that as much as people overlooked the the departure of Jeremy Grant and people thought that the Pistons may have paid him a little too much money, it seems to be that they're really missing out on what he brought to that team. You know, it's interesting that you know Denver's struggling this year. You know, last year's playoffs. What was it? The first two rounds, they played uh, 14 games, back-to-back game seven series. And then, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe just a bit of fatigue is showing for them basically played a quarter of the season last year uh, in the restart, only had a few months off to, rec- to recover. Maybe that's affecting them. Uh, maybe that, that's uh, that's contributing to their to the slow start. Also, once again, I don't think I don't think they should be worried at all. I think, you know, as the season goes on, Denver's really going to, they're going to start to click and they'll be you know, the Denver team that we know of from last year. But yeah, as you mentioned, people, a team that thought would, that people thought would be contending for this year off to one and five start too is a, uh, 
looking looking very surprising. Maybe uh, skinny Jokic is gone and he's uh, a little more out of shape. <laughs> we know that he we know he's usually <laughs> someone who always has to work himself back into game shape uh, by the beginning of the seasons. He got really in shape for the bubble. Might have been he had to, he missed some food and he wanted to you know gain a few extra pounds and he might have to work that back off again. But they they have been disappointing. I'm not too worried. I'm not willing to make such a big deal over it. That they've only played six games. But I just had to keep an eye out for. A few players also that have surprised me, you know, from the first few games has been the dynamic duo in Houston. Not James Harden, but Christian Wood and John Wall. <laughs> um, despite Harden being unbelievable there, it's Wall's first NBA game since December of 2018, and in his first two games, he's looked fantastic. He's scoring the ball at will. Uh, his field goal percentage could be a little bit better, but you know he just has to get back into the rhythm of things. Uh, he uh, can shoot from the outside. He can drive inside. He's shown his defense and shown that he's an elite backcourt defender like we've seen in his Washington days. And Wood has literally just been outstanding. He's been even better than he was in Detroit. He's stretching the floor, dominating in the paint. He's defending well. And as weird as it is, that Hart, it's very weird that Harden wants to leave this team because this really might be the best roster he's ever had. He's got a solid big man who he can work the pick and roll with, and he can also, and the big can also stretch the floor. He can send it out for a nice pick and pop, work some good two-man action with him. He has another reli- reliable ball handler who can drive and kick it out to, to Harden for some easy points. They have some of the key pieces from those past really uh, successful Rockets teams in the past, like Eric Gordon, PJ Tucker, Daniel House is there. If Boogie can even resemble like 60% of what he was back when he was healthy, they can really make a convincing case for why Harden should really be the happiest in Houston and that why Houston is the best option for where Harden should go. Wait, so Elon, I have a question for you. Which player coming back from an Achilles injury has impressed you more, Kevin Durant or John Wall? Kevin Durant's been obviously the better player, but I honestly have been more impressed with John Wall. John Wall's game is very heavily reliant on athleticism. He's someone who likes to drive into the paint a lot. And those kind of players are who usually who get affected by Achilles injuries the most. Kevin Durant, uh, he's a historically great player. He's a historically great shooter. And, you know, even if he didn't have some of the athleticism he had back before the injury, we, everyone, I think everyone knew that he would be able to still shoot, still get off some great points, still carry an offense. He's also had an extended, they both had extended period of times between the last games. Uh, Katie had this, all the time off from when the NBA got postponed until, you know, through the bubble until now. John Wall's had two years. And so I'm extremely happy and thrilled that they're both playing an elite level. But I'm definitely more surprised that John Wall is playing like he is right now. So, you know, going forward, which other players have, uh, have been the biggest surprise for you uh, since the beginning of the season? One other player that's really surprised me is DeMontis Sabonis from the Pacers. The Pacers have been playing really well, and he's been a key part of that. He's been doing a little bit of everything. He's already had a triple-double in one of his games. They've had some really impressive wins, and I think he's really carrying the load up for them. They've got some other great players like Malcolm Brogdon and Miles Turner and Oladipo who are all playing really well for them. But Sabonis seems to be the one who's, you know, they're trying to work some offense through him. And I think that there was a big debate between him and Miles Turner of, you know, it seemed that they couldn't really fit on a, on a t- team together and that they would have to trade one of them. People weren't sure who, should, who they should trade between the two. I think it's very clear that Sabonis is the big man of the future. He's really shown to take that next step forward and to take in that leap. We've seen some great players. You know, as I mentioned, Sabonis has been great. I've been very impressed with John Wall and Christian Wood. Uh, some teams have been really impressing me. Some teams have been a little disappointing, as we mentioned. Uh, so if we had to recap these past two weeks, Ben, who would be your player of the season so far? 
you know, I feel like when we talk about player of the week, you know, I feel like we're, we're talking about players who are putting up huge numbers. You know, Steph Curry put up 62 points yesterday. You know, Kevin Durant's back. You know, he's putting up numbers. James Harden, what did he score? 40-something in his return? 44. 44? But my player of the week, or, you know, player of the, uh, of the new season so far, I'm going to give it to a defensive player, and that's going to be Mikhail Bridges from the Phoenix wow. Suns. He's been an integral part, yes. I'm giving giving uh giving defensive players some light here. He's been an integral part for uh for Phoenix's hot start, no pun intended. And uh, you know, I was just scrolling on Instagram and came across some stats courtesy of NBA District. Their first five games, he's guarded Donovan Mitchell, Brandon Ingram, Luka Doncic, Buddy Heald, and Darren Fox. Mitchell, he held to three of ten shooting on thirty possessions. Brandon Ingram. 2 of 4 in shooting, 25 possessions. Luka Doncic, 4 of 7 shooting on 24 possessions. Buddy Heald, 0 for 3 on 17 possessions. And Darren Fox, 1 for 5 on 16 possessions. You know, these are these are the types of, you know, defensive players, they're not the types of people, you know, blow up the stat sheets with, you know, triple doubles or, or any significant numbers. But it's the numbers that you don't see that really makes these players you know, very helpful for their teams, which is why I want to give him some some light, and that's why he's my player of the week. Congratulations, Mikael Bridges, on getting Losers Ball, uh, the very first inaugural Player of the Week award. <laughs> uh, as the saying goes, defense wins championships, and Mikael, hopefully, you can win some championships in your future. You know, as you said, that he doesn't have so many uh, stats and he hasn't the flashiest stats, but what he's done so far in the season has been tremendous. He's you know shooting forty six percent from three. On, on around four attempts a game. So he's really an elite 3 and D kind of guy. Uh, he's putting up around 14 points a game, and he truly is a defensive defensive specialist. He averaged uh, around a steal a game and a, and a block and a half per game. So those are some good, great defensive numbers. He'll definitely be in the competition for maybe not defensive play, player of the year, but at least an all-defensive all team. And he's really helped the Suns get to where they are right now. They're 5-1, and one, first in the, in the league and so, as flashy of players as the Suns have, like Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Aiden, sometimes those defenders don't get all the praise. Uh, here on Losers Ball, we look out for the little guy. We look out for the guys who don't get the praise. For the people who are, you know, sometimes the 12th man off the bench or the worst player in the starting lineup. All, all, all 12 guys on the team we care about. Mikhail Bridges, you get our first player of the week award. Congratulations. You, you, you get the Elon, Elon Shields 12th man <laughs> of the week award. So, Ben, we've spoken about some of the premier players like Chris Paul and Devin Booker. We've spoken about some of the players who aren't, you know, the top players on their team like Mikhail Bridges. And so we have, I want to play this game with you called Batman or Robin. Essentially what it is is that we'll, we'll each name a few players and we have to determine are these guys the alpha dog on their team? Are they the Batman who can lead a championship team either now or in a few years to come? Or are they the Robin? Are they... A great player, a solid number two, but they still need to rely on someone else to get the job done. So uh, we'll each you know, throw out, I guess, three names at each other, a few names at each other. We don't know who the names are going into this, so it'll, it'll be a little bit of a surprise. Uh, we had a huge list of different players that we can choose from. So we have a little bit of background, a little bit of um, homework that we did, but we still don't know who, who's coming our, our way. So I'll throw you the first name. I want to know, is Bradley Beal a Batman or a Robin? Can he be the alpha alpha dog on a championship team, or does he need another elite player who's better than him to carry the load? What do you think? I mean, it's kind of tough, you know, when you're talking about Bradley Beal, because the Washington Wizards are nowhere near being a championship team. Bradley Beal's a player. 
I think he's more so of a Batman than a Robin. You know, he could get you a bucket on demand. But it's it's really tough to say, you know, playing on what we thought would be a much better Washington Wizards team. You know, if you put him somewhere else, like in Toronto or Houston, and in those situations, I think he'd probably be a, uh, a Robin, you know, being in you know James Harden's shadow, and I think even maybe even being in Kyle Lowry's shadow. But it's just very tough to tough to pick for, for a player who's been on mediocre teams for his entire career. You know, when John Wall was playing there, I think uh, – in the early years, he was a Robin, but once, you know, Wall got injured, I think that's when we, that's when we saw to see him uh, become a Batman. I think that, you know, he currently is a Batman on his team, but here's my take. I think Bradley Beal on his championship team is, as, is a Robin. I think he's a good stats, bad team kind of guy. No disrespect to you, Beal, but he's had some quality rosters before. He's played with other All-Stars like John Wall. He's playing with Russell Westbrook right now. There obviously is a bit of a transition and a time to get adjusted to one another and get comfortable playing with one another. But he's had some good good teams before, some you know solid rosters with some solid role players around him. And I really think that if he's your best guy, as, as elite as Bradley Beal is, as a scorer, as a defender, I still think that on an actual championship team, He's he. I think he's just just a Robin. He's had opportunities where he can try to you know be the man. And as great as he's been, you know statistically, and as many points as he scored, and he's you know he's leading the league in or he's you know in top three in points per game. I think he I, was either one or two last year in points per game. And he wasn't an All Star. And I think there's a reason for that. I think it's because his teams aren't good enough. And often we'll blame the front office for not building a good team around a star. But we also sometimes have to give the responsibility and put the pressure on the players to you know play well themselves and to carry a team. We've seen other players, other guards have carried their team at least to the playoffs. And Bradley Beal without a fellow All-Star hasn't really done that. He's in the prime of his career right now. I'm expecting more from him. And along with my take that Scott Brooks is going to get fired by the end of the season, I don't think that Bradley Beal is going to be on the Washington Wizards by the by the start of next season. I think he'll be traded between now and then. That's my hot take. Yeah, you're going to have to put these hot takes on sticky notes and put them on your wall. <laughs> you know, later on in the year, we'll see We'll see whose takes are have come to fruition. My, my two predictions for the season have both to do with uh, the Washington Wizards. Scott Brooks will be fired by the end of the season, and Bradley Beal will be traded by the beginning of the next season. I mean, you also think the Golden State Warriors are a playoff team, too. Uh, we're not, we're not going to I'm not that counting them out. One. Steph dropped 62. Draymond's back. I'm not counting them out yet. You know, teams have slow starts. I think they'll make the playoffs. All right, so Elon, I'm going to throw a bit of a curveball to you. This player is a rookie. LaMelo Ball, do you see him becoming a Batman in the future? Or will he be a Robin or maybe even none of them? What are your, what are your takes on that? As fun as LaMelo is to watch, and you know he can always put on a nice highlight, I think he's a Robin. I think that if he's your alpha dog and if he's you know your Batman for a championship contender, your team is very limited. His shot looks looks off, and there seems to be some sort of mechanical issue in there. In that, he doesn't really seem to have the full shooting range that people were hoping. And he's also extremely inconsistent. Again, that that happens with rookies, and I'm not I'm not, I'm not faulting him for that. These are some learning curves that he'll get by. But I think he'll be a fantastic, fantastic Robin next to a Batman. If he has someone who can easily, you know, easily and effectively score from all over the court, he's a perfect Robin to have for that because he can literally make a pass to anyone. He can find any open man the ball. He'll know how to get them involved. But his defense isn't there. I don't know if it'll ever get there to an effective point. And his shot seems to be off for now. So I think he's a Robin. He might make a fantastic Robin, but for me, he's a Robin. You know, I also don't think that it helps him that he's playing in Charlotte too, where players just can't seem to develop in that system. <laughs> this could be a bad place for him to start. 
But if Lavar's uh, dream comes true, that all the ball brothers play there, maybe uh, he won't care if he's competing for titles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if we're. I don't know if we're going to be close to uh, you know Charlotte winning a title anytime soon. I think maybe for Lamelo, his upside is he resembles somewhat of a Kemba Walker in Charlotte, but I think you know that might be a bit too generous for him. Another another play I want to throw out for you for Batman or Robin is Pascal Siakam. I'm a Raptors fan. I want to hear what you think about him. You know, take away all the biases. <laughs> Is Pascal Siakam a Batman or a Robin? You know, I think if you asked me that question prior to the bubble, I think uh, I think I would have said 100% he's a Robin now, but will turn into a Batman. But you're asking me after the bubble, as you know, Raptors are six games, five, six games into uh, the regular season. I don't think he's any of them at the moment. I don't think you could trust him, you know, give him the ball, you need a bucket. I don't think he's your guy right now. I think... Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry are probably the Batman Robin of the Raptors, but Pascal's kind of like looking like a, an afterthought for for them. Uh, you know, hopefully he can turn it around. You know, hopefully he can gain some confidence back. But right now, I don't see him. He's not even a sidekick. <laughs> I if you if you disagree with with uh, with me, please you know chime in. No disrespect to Pascal, but I don't I don't think he's uh, he he's a reliable player at the moment. To say he's struggling, absolutely. To say he has flaws right now in his game and he's not performing as we all hoped for, absolutely. But to say he's not a Robin, that's ridiculous. We we already seen he's a Robin. They, you know, the Raptors won a title. Kawhi was the best player, and Pascal Siakam was the second best player in, in the in the finals. Fred Vanley can maybe make an you know an argument for that. You know, Freddie did get that you know that one Finals MVP vote, but he's he's shown he can be a Robin in in that situation. I agree. I don't think he can be a Batman. Uh, I think that going forward. I, I personally think that Van Vliet will be the best Raptor moving forward, you know, once Kyle Lowry gracefully exits this elongated prime of his. But I think that Siakam is has shown that he can be a great player, but he's also extremely streaky. He usually fouls a lot on defense and will bail out the, the offensive player. And, you know, since the bubble, teams have shown that they can really strategize against him, that once you take away that spin move, he does have so many other points that, that can, he can counter with. His jumper isn't falling as consistently as people would like, and he doesn't really create as much for others, especially when his shots aren't falling. So as, as much as it pains me to say this, I, I don't think that, that Siakam is a bad man or will be a bad man, but I think he can not, not only can be a Robin, but already has shown that he is a Robin. I mean, I think you kind of somewhat proved my point. You know, teams have figured him out. You know, if you're if you're a Robin, you're supposed to be a reliable sidekick. But you know, if you're not even reliable anymore, then you're not even a, you're not even a Robin, which is why I'm I'm just very skeptical on on him right now. Obviously, we're hoping he you know he proves me wrong. You know, we would love to see him get back to the you know the 2018 2019 Pascal Siakam. But right now, I just don't see it happening. Uh, I don't see him uh, as a Robin right now. Do I think he can bounce back? Absolutely. Do I think that? Him and Freddie can be the future going fo- moving forward. Absolutely. Are they going to be like Stockton and Malone? Maybe not that far. Maybe not to that extent. But I think that they can be a nice, a nice, t- you know, dynamic duo that the Raptors can build around and build a nice core around them in the future. Anyway, moving forward, Brandon Ingram, New Orleans Pelicans, Batman or Robin? Before this season, I would probably said a Robin, but after the beginning of the season, he's absolutely a Batman. He is. A- you know, shown that he can score from anywhere. He's extremely unstoppable. And he's got the length and the frame that if he can improve his defense, he'll literally be unstoppable on both sides of the court. You know, he's got a great roster around him. Him and Zion as a future is one fantastic future to build around. He's been compared to Kevin Durant, and that for very good reason. He's a lethal scorer, can score from anywhere in the court. And 
so far in the season has shown that he can carry a team, you know, carry the offensive load, can score from anywhere when the, when the team needs a bucket, can ice away the game when, you know, it's a close game. I've been extremely impressed with him so far. For me, he's a Batman. How about you? Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think it's his team uh, right now. I don't even think it's Zion's team. I think it's Brandon Ingram's uh, New Orleans Pelicans. Change of scenery has helped him out tremendously. He needed he needed a better place to develop. New Orleans has been that place for him, showing why the Pelicans front office want wants to build around Brandon Ingram, and he he's really showing why he's worth that that max extension. So uh, I agree with you in that in that respect. Brandon Ingram is a Batman. Yeah, absolutely. And as much as you know the NBA and 2K and everyone want, wants us to think that Zion is the uh, face of the franchise, for now it's Brandon Ingram. Will Zion get there? Probably. You know, he's a force to be reckoned with. But for now, Brandon Ingram is the definite best player on the team. He's the current all-star. He's the one carrying that team, especially on the offensive side. So I, I agree with you. He's fantastic. Uh, one other player I want to throw at you, Jalen Brown. You know, we've seen him with J- Jason Tatum. We've seen him with Kyrie, with Kemba. Is he a Batman or is he a Robin? What do you think? Um, th- This one's kind of tough to say because, you know, I like to see – Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum, I like to see them as like, you know, equals in Boston. I think right now, I think most people would probably say that Jason Tatum is the Batman and, and uh, Jalen Brown's the Robin. But I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if you Jalen Brown improves and he becomes, you know, you just have two Batmans on that team. I think both players are very reliable. Jalen Brown's very reliable. You know, he's had a lot of experience. You know, his rookie season going to the Eastern Conference Finals with Boston playing against, you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers and every year in, year out, he keeps on developing. So I, I see I see a lot of uh, a lot of positive improvements for him, which is why I think down the line he could become the same level as uh, as Jason Tatum as a Batman. I, I absolutely agree with you. You know, usually teams have Batmans and Batman and Robins. I think the Celtics might have a Batman and Superman situation. You know, two alpha dogs on that team. I think it's like a 1A, 1B situation. Obviously, Tatum's the better player right now, but you know, Jalen Brown is a premier defender that can effectively score. He's a dog on the court. Um, and in a different situation, he can easily be the best, best player on his team. If down the line, him and Tatum split up, he can easily carry a team, I think. Uh, he's improved every single year. He's developed his game. He started off as a rookie as just a effective, you know, sort of 3 and D player who can attack the paint a little bit. And every single year, he's taken a step forward. I really like what he's done so far. And he has a ton of playoff experience. He's been to the conference finals not once, but I think twice so far in his short career. Yep. I think that he's a fantastic player. I think that the Celtics have two dynamic players to build around. I'm very excited for that future. All right, Elon, to cap it off, Rudy Gobert. <laughs> Rudy Gobert, is he a Batman or a Robin? As Shaq pointed out, Rudy Gobert is an inspiration for all kids out there to be able to get $200 million for averaging 11 points a game. He's a Robin. He's a very, very limited offensive game. And yes, he can anchor your, def- your defense and your team defensively, but his offensive game is way too limited, reserved to really just the paint that he can't he can be the best player on your team. If he's the best player on your team, especially in the modern NBA, your team will not be going that far. You know, maybe, you know, 30 years ago when it was, you know, a lot more post-centric of a, of a style of play, mm-hmm. he might have been able to do that. But now in the way basketball is played and the way the NBA is run, all these different switches on defense, you know, stretching the floor, I can't see Rudy Gobert being the best player on your team, especially if you want to compete for titles. Hats off to him for getting paid. 
but he is not a bad man. He is getting paid way too much money. <laughs> and I'm happy for him, but I would also love to make $200 million to get 11 points a game. <laughs> but then again, in my high school career, I couldn't average 11 points a game. So, <laughs> I mean, I feel like calling him a Robin is very generous. Like, I feel like, I'm, and to be, to be called a Robin, to be your sidekick, you have to be, you know, some sort of an offensive presence, but... Gobert, I don't know if he's, uh, I don't even know if I'd consider him a Robin. So what would you call me, Alfred? You know, Batman's butler? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know, honestly. I mean, that, that that's like, that's kind of like saying like Steven Adams is a, is a Robin too. They're, I would say they're more or less very similar type players. Players don't give you great defense. They're not going to blow up the, the stat sheet, but you know, they're, they're more so like behind the scenes. But would you consider Steven Adams to be a Robin in New Orleans? He's still an elite player, though. He's been an yeah. all-star. He's he's um, yeah. one defensive player of the year a few times. He's definitely better than Steven Adams. He's yeah. as, as we given our Player of the Week award earlier in the episode to Mikal Bridges for defense especially, defense does win you championships. It's, there are two sides of the, of the ball. There's the offensive side and the defensive side. If he has an elite you know, offensive player who can score – and he can be there to, you know, put up, clean up all the, pick up all the loose balls and to get some easy buckets. Yeah. He can for sure be a Robin. He's a fantastic player, an elite player. Let's not, let's not minimize what he's done so far. <laughs> uh, Elon defending, defending Rudy Gobert with the slander. I like it. I like to see that. <laughs> Listen, Shaq made some good points, but he still is an elite defender. We want to, we want to hear from you guys. Who's the Batman? Who's the Robin of this, uh, of this podcast? Let us know at Losers Ball Pod on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. Reach out if you guys want to hear other players for us to debate between Batman and Robin. We would love to debate them all. Please reach out to us on all social media platforms: Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at Losers Ball Pod. Like Ben said, it's been a fantastic episode. I've had a great time, Ben. It's been great. I've had a great time. We're looking forward to next week's episode. And to our dedicated fans in Norway, hot debt. Till next week, have a good one. Have a good one. See you next Tuesday.